SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. You know, this one, they kind of ruled that uh, golf wasn't necessarily throwing the football. How about thinking you won a million dollars and instead you won 3000 Wow. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday, October 30th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two, uh, two glorious hours. Now, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send the tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away emails, tweets, phone calls, little YouTube chat as well right here again on a bagels and bad beats on this uh, Friday, October 30th, one day before Halloween. How about that? Uh, best made plans of mice and men. Beantown, a little sadder today. It's now or never time. These aren't your father's New England Patriots. This guy is going to college. This guy is pissing somebody off again. A uh, little more than an exhibition game. Addition by subtraction at Mississippi State. Searching for a miracle in Miami. We got our top five college football trends for the weekend and our top five NFL trends for the weekend as well. We'll get to all those stories again. Plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on the Bagels and Bad Beats again on a uh, Friday, October 30th. Yep, one day before Halloween. Got a little NFL football last night. Uh, Ho-Hummer. Although actually it was a halfway decent game, but between two Ho-Hum teams, which in the end turns out to be a 2-16 and for the Falcons who knock off the now 3-5 and five Carolina Panthers. The only drama really was just how was Atlanta going to blow it. That really was prevailing over the game you know, because Atlanta was leading basically the whole way, and it was just like, all right, how are they going to blow it this time? You know, Is it going to be a three-point lead, a seven-point lead, an eight-point lead? And it is funny how it really was set up for them to blow it again. I'm really just remarkable. Then you get the book story out of Clemson, and uh, it's not the BC that we're all worried about, but it's the Notre Dame game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Second down, Ryan out to his right. Has got a lot of grass in front of him, and now a touchdown. 
A rushing touchdown for Matt Ryan. That's the 10th of his career, first of the year. Ryan Burns got pressure, and once Ryan got around him, he just scooted on into the end zone for the score. Well, Trent. Gurley cuts up field and has a touchdown. His eighth of the season. And again, Keith Smith, the fullback, was there to lead the way. Well, this time it's James Carpenter. Here he is. Again, until we take you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, Fox Sports uh, slash uh, NFL Network with the calls there as the Falcons knock off the Carolina Panthers last night, 25-17 to get their second win, dropping Carolina uh, to three and five in the separation of Carolina and any thought of a playoff spot is uh, in the process of happening. They've lost now three in a row, three and five, a little different than four and four. Chance to be four and four and kind of get themselves back into the thick of things. Uh, in the NFC, but well, they're not a playoff team. Nice little run, nice little couple. You know, they could probably get a couple of wins uh, somewhere down the line if, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater plays well, maybe when McCaffrey comes back. But otherwise, they're really not a playoff team. But uh, you know, a nice job by Atlanta last night uh, coming up with a victory, but it was set up. It's it's remarkable. <laughs> you know, much like all their other games, you know, they, they led from start to finish. First drive. You know, they march right down the field of the game. Uh, they get inside the uh, Carolina five-yard line. They're faced with fourth and less than a yard. And after a timeout, they somehow or another decide to go for a field goal. I mean, fourth and a half a yard, opening drive of the game. You, you rammed it right down Carolina's throat, literally after about five plays, 75 yards, six plays, whatever it was. But it was right down the field, not one of these long drives. I mean, th this was like two and a half minutes into the game. You get yourself a fourth and a half a yard and you kick a field goal. Oh, good gravy. You talk about, uh, you know, running scared. That was Raheem Morris in this Atlanta Falcon team last night. So they grab a 3 nothing lead. Carolina scores to make it 7-3. Uh, but ultimately, Atlanta regained control of the game and, you know, had a, a, a seven-point lead, a three- to seven-point lead throughout the game. They score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And this is when it gets interesting. This is when the Atlanta Falcon fan says, what the fudge? All right, they score a touchdown with, uh, I don't know, what about six minutes or so left to go up 25-17. Chance to kick the extra point, and they go up nine. And and this uh, Koo guy, I got him on my fantasy team, young, young HUD, whatever his first name is, but Koo, he misses the extra point. And this guy's a pretty solid field goal kicker. He's missed more extra points this year than he has field goals. So he misses the extra point. And right away, you're saying to yourself, oh, here we go again. A chance to not put the game away with the five, six, seven minutes left, whatever it was. But a chance to go up two scores in the fourth quarter. And an extra point is missed, leaving it a one-score, eight-point game. You just knew. You just knew that the Falcon fan at that point was saying, oh, here we go again, right? So Carolina... Uh, doesn't score in its next possession. They kick the ball back to Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta does a pretty good job running uh, two, three, four minutes off the clock. And then dopey Todd Gurley. Gee, what is going on with this guy? You know, last week he scores the touchdown when he's told not to. And he says, okay, okay, okay. But he scores the touchdown anyway. That allows uh, the Lions to win the game. 
And uh, last night, on third and long, they just want to run the ball. They don't want to take any chance about, you know, uh, turning the ball over on an interception or anything. You know, they want to force either Carolina to use one of its three timeouts or let another 30 seconds run off the game clock. So uh, with about three minutes left, he decides on a sweep he's going to run out of bounds. Stops the clock with 3.05 left. So Carolina doesn't have to use one of its three timeouts. They don't have to see the play clock wind down to about two and a half minutes. Instead, after a punt, they get the football down eight uh, at their own five-yard line with two minutes and 57 seconds left. And again, if you're a a Falcon fan, you're saying, you got to be kidding me. I I mean, chances are Carolina probably would have used a timeout, but, you know, when you're dropping uh, down from three to two, uh, but ultimately, even with two and a half minutes and three timeouts, you know that that's still plenty of time to march down the field, albeit needing a touchdown. But still, it's just a dumb play again from Gurley. I mean, what is he thinking? You know, we regarded this guy as one of the smarter players in the NFL when he decided to take a knee and not score against Green Bay a couple of years ago. Showed that the guy had a little moxie. He knew what was going on. You know, look at the bigger picture, not just personal stats. He knew it was better not to score this way, uh, in this case, uh, you know, not giving Green Bay a chance to get the football. I mean, he has made two dumb, you know, rookie high school plays back-to-back weeks here now. So, man, if I'm the Atlanta coaching staff, I am just ripping him a new you-know-what. I I really, I'm not kissing these players' asses anymore. You know, yell and scream. When they're coming off the the sideline, you grab them, you yell and scream at the guy. I mean, mock, mock them, you know, make fun, point them out, do something that you show. The Atlanta Falcon fan, you really care about this game. So anyway, he runs out of bounds. So Carolina gets the football down eight at their own five uh, with a solid three minutes left. And they march down the field. They're faced with a third and 17 in one situation, but he had a 42-yard completion to an Atlanta 34-yard line. And again, the Falcon fan is saying, oh, here we go again. This is going to be the new story, the new chapter on our book, our lousy 2020 year. Uh, But ultimately... Even after Carolina was given a break, should have had a delay game penalty with a minute left, uh, but they were awarded a timeout. Uh, and on that ensuing play, uh, Bridgewater throws an interception. Ball game over. Atlanta takes over inside their own 15-yard line with a minute left, and they take a couple of knees, and there you go. And and Atlanta actually holds on and wins 25-17. They actually make uh, you know a decent defensive play uh, on that interception. So, uh, you know, and, and now you go, you know, now you play the woulda, shoulda, coulda game, right? If you're a Falcon fan, I mean, it's hard not to, you know, I mean, and, and these are not games that you should or uh, not that you could have won, you know, had the brakes gone your right way. You're going to win this game versus losing. You know, that happens to every single team. You know, the Bungles who have just one win, you know, they make a last minute drive against the Browns. They, they beat Cleveland. You know, I mean, there, there's so many scenarios that you could say, but. Atlanta was in two games this year that they should have won. Big difference between could have and should have. You know, they should have beat Detroit. You know, if Gurley just takes a freaking knee, if if the Falcons knew what was going on, you take a knee, you kick the game-winning field goal on the final play, and you walk off a winner. I mean, that's a should have. You know, you recover a dopey onside kick against Dallas or, you know, you know, all these situations were allowing the Atlanta defense, uh, you know, they get a free pass on this stuff, you know, just because Dallas recovered the onside kick didn't mean the Falcon defense had to let them come down and score just because Gurley last week scores a touchdown with a minute left. Didn't mean the Atlanta defense had to roll over and let the lions rush down the field and score a touchdown. So uh, let's not give them a free pass here, but you know, you had two games that you should have really won, you know, and you win those two, 
And I won't even count the Bears game because they had a two-score lead with six minutes left. Oh, those things do happen in the NFL. That That's a coulda one. But the other two are shoulda one. I mean, they should be four and four, still have their real head coach, and then be in the thick of things here in, in a spot to uh, get a wild card uh, situation. Or, or who knows, maybe even win the division in the uh, NFC South. But it is what it is. They are two and five. Uh, got a relatively uh, couple of games coming up, and uh, they, you know, they still – uh, have a chance to get themselves back into it. But they're not – boy, they are a dumb football team. They, they play some dumb football. See, these are the things that, you know, if you're trying to become a head coach again, Raheem, uh, you, you know, you, you got to put, put some smarts into these players' heads because, uh, boy, it, it comes across as bad. You're watching the game and you're just laughing about how stupid some of the plays are that this team does. I mean, just – and just the, the bad breaks, you know, missing extra points and everything else, so – but ultimately, Atlanta does win 25 to 17, uh, and they proved the two and six again. Uh, Carolina falls at three and five. Now we got the Trevor Lawrence situation. Oh, boy. I tell you, we had the conspiracy with Alabama, with, uh, with uh, the LA Dodgers, and now we got to have a pretty good conspiracy with the That, or we're going to have an SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Guys, stay safe. How, how do you stay separate from DJ and stay from from Tyson and, and, and try to mitigate, you know, stay, stay in as safe as you can and maybe mitigate the virus. Well, um, obviously I don't know. I actually just heard about that situation. So I don't know much about it. I don't obviously don't know how they got it, but I think we do a good job here staying, you know, the keeping this, you know, staying our social distance six feet um, in our meeting rooms, wearing masks, all those things to where we're not, close contacts were not around each other and not like, so we couldn't transmit the virus and we're, I mean, we're getting tested three times a week. So that helps. But, um, I know for, for home games, the seniors get their own room. So I'm in my own room, hotel room. And so that helps, you know, I'm not with, you know, on away games, I'm with DJ. So, um, that's a little bit different. So in home games, you know, we've had more home games uh, this year so far. So, um, and then just, I think, just being responsible uh, as much as you can and trying to stay away from big groups outside of your bubble and, and you know, in the facility. Because, mo- I mean, no one really gets it from what I've seen from being at the facility. It's from, you know, on the weekends or going somewhere in a big group or being around people that, you know, aren't tested like we are. So just trying to stay safe. You can't control it, obviously. Um, there's some situations where guys get it that you just you don't know how they get it. But um, just trying to be as safe as possible. But, yeah, we've thought about it. And we're that's what I said. We're, we're preparing for any situation. We know that at some point in the year, it's more likely than not that's, that's going to happen to somebody on our team. I mean, just with the way this virus is and how how fast it spreads. I mean, you just never know. So we're just you know preparing, and every week, you know, that's why everybody's got to be ready to play. Go back to uh, to haunt you. 
Now that was Trevor Lawrence earlier this year talking about the coronavirus and the precautions that he and the other Clemson Tiger players are taking, you know, in order to avoid getting the uh, the, the virus. And uh, look what happens a couple of uh, weeks later. Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Friday morning, 27 past the hour. Yours truly sitting in until uh, 7 a.m. as we always do, Monday through Friday. Got our poll question uh, up there as we get to the Trevor stuff here in a sec. Uh, first up from yesterday, our uh, most surprisingly good college football start, believe it or not, 1-0 Rutgers uh, won the poll, getting uh, almost 48% of the vote, uh, 4-0 Cincinnati getting 30% of the vote, uh, 5-0 Notre Dame, I'm impressed, uh, getting only 16% of the vote. I guess you guys effect, uh, expected Notre Dame to do so well, and uh, the proverbial other getting uh, 5.7% of the vote. So uh, good job with Rutgers, the Scarlet Knights. Oh, yes, leading the way. All right, our poll question of the day today is up, and that is, what do you think has the best chance of happening? Uh, Kansas City losing to the New York Jets, or as I put it, the, the Jets beating Kansas City. Uh, Mississippi State knocking off Alabama. Uh, my wife cooking and cleaning uh, this weekend. And uh, what was the other one I posted up there? Uh, what other one? Uh, oh, Boston College knocking off uh, Clemson. Uh, speaking of Trevor Lawrence, tie it all together, Scott. So uh, what is the best chance of happening this weekend? Boston College upsetting Clemson. Um, Mississippi State is a 30-point dog upsetting Alabama. The Jets as a 20-point dog upsetting Kansas City. Uh, or my wife cooking and cleaning. Uh, which, uh, if you're an LL loyal listener, you know that's probably going to come in last. So uh, go to Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S, email, uh, and uh, excuse me, and uh, get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the show. So big news out of college football last night. It's Trevor Lawrence testing positive. You know, the only positive sign out of some of these announcements that players are testing positive is that it's really no more uh, shocking or concern that it's a life and death thing. And I'm not minimizing it, and I'm not suggesting you know that you should take it for granted. But the news that Trevor Lawrence is testing positive, the news that an NFL player uh, might be testing positive, or any other college football player, or Wisconsin, you know, not having any quarterbacks, is not the concern per se for the player that's testing positive. It's now. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, Clemson won't have a, a star quarterback playing against Boston College or, you know, Wisconsin might not be able to play. As it turns out, they won't be able to play uh, their game this weekend against Nebraska or, you know, an NFL team might not be able to play and, and you got to shuffle the schedule around. So it, it's not it's no longer the concern like, oh, my God, this person could die. Uh, it's now, oh, it's the sports world and you're ruining our sports schedule. God forbid, you know, and now, you know, Clemson's going to have to play against uh, Boston College without Trevor Lawrence. And maybe next week, the bigger picture against Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Oh, my God. You know, it's no longer like, well, what about Trevor? You know, because it's always thrown in there that these guys are, you know, asymptomatic. You know, whether Justin Turner, right? Did anyone care about Justin Turner's health? No, they were all concerned about him spreading it to somebody else. But the actual concern, like he may come down with this thing and get the symptoms and really be in trouble. And that was an afterthought. Nobody even thought about that. It was just whether he should be allowed to play, should not be on the field celebrating with his team. I didn't read one article about, oh, my God, he's got the coronavirus. You know, is, is the poor guy going to live or not? So uh, and that's, you know, and that's a positive thing. Right? We're, we're, we're learning to accept life with the, uh, the COVID-19. Um, again, not minimizing it, but we've learned to accept that people are going to get it. Now we're into the secondary phase of this thing. What is it going to do? It's going to affect Clemson against Boston College. Are they going to get to the point where uh, 
You know, Clemson's going to have two, three, four, ten other players uh, with the COVID. They're going to have to cancel games. Are they going to cancel, you know, not necessarily the BC game this week, but obviously they got a humongous game next weekend. College football circled this game from the outset. Clemson and Notre Dame, you know, the Irish finally scheduling some ACC teams for football. I know they've done it a, a couple of times over the last three years, but, you know, they, they really joined the ACC this year in football, albeit temporary, uh, unlike years past. So they, they circled Notre Dame and Clemson. That was going to be, you know, really uh, outside of maybe Ohio State, Michigan, or Alabama, Georgia, which we've already had. You know, th- this is, it was going to be the college football regular season game of the year. And now there's this black cloud hanging over it on whether Trevor Lawrence will play or not. Again, no, no concern about his actual health, but just whether – you know, this is going to ruin next week, uh, week's game. And you think about it now, we, we saw baseball find a way to get the, you know, Justin Turner out there long enough for the Dodgers to win the World Series. We found baseball to find a way to get six games in and end their season, not needing a seventh game and not needing to shut it down like I think they would have done. I mean, who knows how many other players really would have tested positive. But college football, I don't know how they're going to swing this. You know, court, everyone has different rules. College football rule is that a player, once they become uh, positive, must isolate for at least 10 days after the test to return to practice. So according to the story, he tested positive yesterday, or excuse me, Wednesday. 10 days, if you go by the letter of the law, would allow him to return Saturday, next Saturday, against Notre Dame. But that's assuming he's clean, right? I, I mean, he, and I don't know the specifics because it doesn't really spell it out. But, yes, you must isolate for 10 days. But doesn't that mean you have to be healthy for those 10 days? Or does it mean you can be sick as a dog, but, you know, you're still in isolation. You're clean for one day uh, and you can return the following day? Is it, You know, I, I can't imagine that, right? I mean, he, he can't be uh, sick for the next nine days. You know, have a test on Friday of next week or Saturday, come up clean, and then have college football say, okay, you've been in isolation for 10 days, you're, you're okay to play, right? I mean, he's got to be clean for 10 days, no? So if that's the case, then I don't know how they expect him to be able to play against Notre Dame. I don't know how they're going to swing that. You know, I mean, if, he, if they just found out this past Wednesday that he has the virus, unless that virus did a miraculous, you know, uh, spin around and, and disappear after one day. I mean, otherwise, he, I don't see how he can play against Notre Dame. Again, unless college football wants to look the other way and say, well, he's asymptomatic, or which he isn't. Uh, apparently, he's been showing some mild symptoms. Their words, not mine. Uh, Dabo last night saying he's doing well with mild symptoms, but will not be able to uh, play this weekend's game. So he does have some symptoms. So I, again, you know, if, if he's got some symptoms, then uh, I would think that 10 days of isolation has got to be uh, once he's cleared himself of all the symptoms. And that has not been the case. So I, I don't know how they're going to find a way to have him play against Notre Dame, which makes that game really meaningless. And I mean, I mean, it is no more than an exhibition game on either side. If Clemson loses to Notre Dame, I, I don't think there's a voter out there with half a brain that would hold it against Clemson. I mean, they got the Heisman Trophy basically winning quarterback. They got the best quarterback in college football. They got the consensus number one quarterback, and he's missing the game. 
You know, if they lose that game, how it could how could you look yourself uh, straight in, a, in the face in the mirror and say, okay, we're going to hold that against the Clemson? I mean, you can hold it against a team if they lose a running back or a wide receiver, offensive lineman, or even you know some quarterbacks. Well, not Trevor Lawrence. I I mean, I don't care. Let's Notre Dame blitzes them forty to nothing. You know, if this is a one-two score or even three-score game, Notre Dame wins. You you can't hold it against Clemson, especially if Lawrence comes back. Obviously, you you just can't. And then conversely, if Notre Dame wins, you can't give them props either. I mean, you, you beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence. You know, you know, I know they got NFL players up and down their roster. I get that, but it all starts and ends with their quarterback. So you beat a team that has an inexperienced quarterback playing, a backup playing. You you know, you can't get props for that. You know, we're not going to hold it against you. It's not your fault, Notre Dame, but we're not going to push you back up to number three, two, or even one. You know, right now you're at number four. They fell behind Ohio State despite last week's win over Pittsburgh. You beat Clemson two weeks from now without Lawrence, and we can't give you any more props for that. So it's an exhibition game now. They can't lose. I will tell you that. But then really forget about it. But, you know, if they win, it's meaningless. If Clemson loses, it's meaningless. Uh, it's it's nothing more than an exhibition game two weeks from now if Lawrence doesn't play. Nothing to win, everything to lose. I wonder if the ACC would actually consider moving that game. They moved all these other games. How about moving that game as well? If they want to get the, the spin on the game. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Yeah, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. I think really amongst the team, it's just, you know, hey, let's continue to produce and do our part to hold up our end of the bargain for the city. But nothing like that. And that pressure is a good thing, Gary. So I think uh, all 32 teams want to be able to, you know, try to do what the Dodgers just did in their sport. So, you know, we're no different. But we got uh, we got to get to number six first. Friday morning, 844-843-6879. Again, uh, toll-free, 844-843-6879. Open phones uh, right now. <clears throat> that is Rams head coach Sean McVay, uh, you know, asked about the uh, possibility of winning a Super Bowl on top of, obviously, the Lakers NBA championship and now the Dodgers World Series. Uh, and he is just worried about getting win number six, which is what he was referencing to that, to, to number six. Uh, they are a five and two. So uh, looking at the bigger picture, but <clears throat> you know, it, it won't be easy. Clearly, they have the toughest road out of all the LA teams. I know that was the big, you know, hot topic that on the popcorn radio topic. Oh, you know, which uh, city's going to win three times? Or can the can the Dodgers do it? Or which team is more likely to repeat next year? Lakers or Dodgers? Oh, good gravy! Uh, Topeka, Kansas radio. So anyway, uh, you know, are the Rams going to make it three for three in Los Angeles? Probably not. Uh, but, uh, you know, with, with all the concerns going on around Justin Turner and Trevor Lawrence, then maybe he should just worry about his team staying healthy, you know. And maybe that would be the bigger issue uh, right now in the world of sports. So Trevor Lawrence out against uh, Boston College. 
and uh, we'll see about Notre Dame. But again, honestly, I don't know how he can play. I, I really, you know, unless he has some miraculous recovery uh, from 24 hours ago, I wouldn't think the uh, the clock would be ticking on those 10 days of isolation. And now, what would college football do? And I know it sounds goofy. You know, how can the S, you know, how can the ACC, you know, reschedule a game, Scott? Well, you know, listen. Under normal circumstances, I agree wholeheartedly, 100%. No way. But this, this is 2020, and they're rescheduling games left and right anyway. You know, would it be so crazy of a notion to have another team, you know, have to reschedule a game that involves Clemson or Notre Dame? And maybe, just maybe, you know, the ACC folks say, hey, Clemson, hey, Notre Dame, you know, your game against Virginia three weeks from now, we need to postpone that. Uh, but we could shift it to this weekend. You know, do you mind if we change the Notre Dame-Clemson game to, uh, you know, November 18th, we'll say, versus November 7th? What do you think, guy? You know, there's ways around it. You know, would you actually be able to just say, all right, we're not going to play November 7th because uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence has the coronavirus and we're going to move it to November 18th or whatever the day would be? No, you can't do that. But you can finagle it where it looks like you're doing uh, it for a different reason than what we all ultimately know what the reason would be, and that is you're losing college football Super Bowl game, you know, regular season Super Bowl game anyway. Uh, you know, whether it's Michigan, Ohio State, which people are, are caring less and less about outside of those Big Ten areas, uh, you know, but people in Alabama, they don't care about Michigan, Ohio State anymore. The luster on that series is long, long gone. You know, it was big for a little while when, when Harbaugh got the job at Michigan, but he's gotten his ass kicked, and I mean just kicked up and down the street by Ohio State. That's no fun. Michigan hasn't been any good. You know, Ohio State's been championship caliber, so it, it, you can't even throw the rivalry of two really good teams into the equation. It's one really good team, one mediocre team, and the really good team is kicking the mediocre team's ass. That doesn't make for a rivalry outside of those regions. Let's put it that way. So. Uh, Notre Dame and Clemson, that was, without a shadow of a doubt, 100%, not anything close, college football's game of the year, as long as Notre Dame held up its end of the bargain. And so far, they have. And now now it's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, again, in 2020, I would not be surprised at all to find a way for the ACC to say, all right, we're not going to play this weekend because of some other game, or maybe they'll just be open about it. Maybe just say, you know what? Nope, we're not playing because we want to see Trevor Lawrence play. Sorry. Uh, that's our college football game of the year. That dope over on, uh, you know, uh, on a radio station there. He's, he's right. You know what? We, uh, we don't want to blow it. So uh, we, we definitely want to have that game being played. So if we can't play it this weekend because Trevor Lawrence is out, then uh, we'll play it some other time. And then the other thing is, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, you wonder if this just kind of puts life into perspective. From him, for him. What do you mean, Scott? Well, I mean, all this talk this week about him maybe not turning pro, whether it's because the Jets stink, the organization isn't any good, uh, he just seems to like college, you know, throwing it out there that it's not necessarily a given that he's going to come out since he is a junior. Uh, he can come out, but he doesn't necessarily have to. And uh, you, you just wonder, maybe, just maybe, this kind of puts it all into perspective for him that he realizes, wow, you know, uh, life is short. And while this is not an injury and this is not, you know, career threatening, I'm going to get over this, but maybe it just shows him you got to be a little careful uh, about uh, toying with life. And when the opportunity knocks, you take it one or the other. You know, you can live forever. Your kids' kids can live forever on your rookie contract, especially if you're the number one guy overall. I mean, 
You don't have to play a down in the NFL. You you could be as bad as Ryan Leaf times 10 and still make enough money for the rest of your life if you play it smart. So, you know, maybe this is, in, in a strange sort of way, Jet fans, maybe this is the best thing that could have happened for you guys in order to keep uh, Trevor in the uh, in the draft. Although, I happen to believe the Jets are going to win a couple of games this year. Don't ask why. I don't know if that necessarily means they won't still have the number one overall pick, but, you know, maybe with a couple of wins, uh, they won't have the stigma of being this awful football team. I tell you, you know, speaking of college football, before we move on, I, I had to laugh at this story. Now, listen, I can give a rat's behind about high school football uh, and following it and all these other, you know, where they going and, uh, you know, ranking, uh, you know, recruiting classes and all this other stuff. But they had a kid yesterday that decommitted uh, from going to Texas, uh, supposedly a big-time quarterback, Quinn Ewers, E-W-E-R-S, whatever that is, whoever that is. So, But it's supposedly like a really good player. So for whatever reason, he decides to decommit from Texas, right? <clears throat> so with that, uh, two days ago, yesterday, another big-time recruit, a wide receiver, uh, Faison Wilson, I believe his first name is pronounced, P-H-A-I-Z-O-N, Faison uh, tweeted that he has some thinking to do, and he's not necessarily now living up to his uh, commitment to go to Texas. So now you got two guys uh, that are uh, dropping out of Texas. So what's the big deal, Scott? Well, it, I don't like I said. I could care less. You could have twelve guys. What's the difference? Although it is a little alarming if you're, you know, a, a Tom Herman fan. But I'm gonna read you verbatim this phase uh, on Wilson's tweet that he sent out, telling the world about how he's no longer going to Texas. Pause and stop me when I hit a period. First, I want to thank, oh, excuse me. First, I want to thank the man above for even putting me in this position and blessing me with everything. Even as I carry a chip on my shoulder, I want to thank the Texas fan base for all the love. I love y'all. NB can compete. Don't know what MB would be. And uh, I love y'all. NB can compete with y'all. I've been thinking for a few weeks now. And Trina, T-R-Y-N-A, Trina process what, W-A-T, I want to do in the future. Not want to, want to do in the future in my career. And I've been talking to my moms. How many do you have there? Uh, he's on four or five. Uh, and everything in the house, focusing on my school and high school football and no hard feelings. Texas is great. And I love the coaching and the fans, but Ion Field, I-O-N, Ion Field, Texas, is the right fit for me right now. And with that being said, I will be decommitting from Texas football and living out my recruitment process. Thank you for the opportunity, and we'll see what W-A-T happens down the line. Holy fudge. This guy made it through high school. This guy's going to college. This guy got accepted uh, at the University of Texas, I'm assuming, if he committed to the school. I, I love y'all. NB can compete. I'm talking to my moms. Uh, again, how many mothers, again, do you have? Uh, what W-A-T, um, Ion Field, Texas, is the right fit for me? I thought you are decommitting. You know, now you're saying they are the right fit? I mean, <laughs> Uh, speak English, man. I mean, what, what what are you trying to say? Just just say you're no longer going to Texas, all right? You changed your mind. That's it. I changed my mind, and I'm opening up my recruiting process. Thank you very much, Texas. That's all you need to say. Wow. That guy, that kid got through high school. That kid 
is going to be accepted into a Division I college with that kind of English, with that kind of spelling, with all the other stuff put in between. I mean, wow. Trina, T-R-Y-N-A. <clears throat> I know it's Twitter, and I know, you know, you can write you for, you know, Y-O-U and different little goofy things like that. And even y'all, okay, maybe it's a little bit of a hillbilly. Oh, uh, okay, but wow, that uh, you know, there's a certain limit that you know, even on Twitter, you got to just say, "All right, let's let's stop." Uh, you know, please put the pen down, uh, put the uh, the keyboard to the side, and, and and stop embarrassing yourself because that's all that is. That that is just okay. There, uh, phase on. Does that happen? By the way, right? I mean, do the other rec- recruiting in college football, basketball? We've said this before. It, it's got to be as dirty as dirt can be. You know, it used to be that car salesmen were considered the low end, the low ends of the totem pole, but recruiters have got to be at the bottom. They, they have to be at the absolute bottom. You know, once this kid announces, you know, whatever he did last week, last month, that he was going to Texas, you would think, okay, or you know, the recruiters to the other schools would just go elsewhere and look elsewhere. There's 50 zillion high school kids out there. We'll just move on. He's going to Texas, right? But it really probably doesn't stop there. You know, these, these guys probably just laugh at that. You're going to Texas? Yo, okay, sure. You know what? If you think me at the University of Oklahoma or me at Texas A&M or me at Texas Tech or whatever the case may be is going to stop trying to recruit you to my school, you're kidding yourself because it, it's not happening. You know, when I see you in a Texas uniform, when I see you enroll for Texas classes, then maybe I'll stop the recruiting process. But otherwise, it's full steam ahead. I guess that's how it goes. Is there so little respect that when even when a kid announces that he's going to a school that the others, you know, don't turn it off and, and don't stop recruiting the kid? Man, they, they, those guys must hate each other. Those and, and coaches as well. You talk about a 30 for 30 or an NFL feature or, you know, behind the scenes look. I know Oklahoma State is doing one. I know a few of these colleges have these, you know, specials where they travel around. Basically like a hard knocks of college football. I, I tell you, <clears throat> a, a, a fascinating one would be following college recruiters around. Definitely. I, I mean, some of the wars that they probably go through and some of the backstabbing. And again, you know, a guy recruits to one school and I'm not going to stop recruiting them. I'm still going to call up his folks and, and try and get him to decommit. I, I mean, these guys must just absolutely hate each other. And it must be as cutthroat as cutthroat a business as it can be. I, I mean, they must really just like, wow, no respect whatsoever. And then the coaches, you know, they they got to realize what's going on. Ultimately, they're responsible. So if you're Tom Herman, head coach of Texas, and you think you got one of the best wide receivers in the game, you're trying to turn things around, right? And you find out two weeks later that all of a sudden he's going to your rival Oklahoma because, uh, you know, Oklahoma, you know, didn't stop recruiting him. I mean, how, how are you going to feel when, uh, you know, you face Oklahoma the next time out? How are you going to feel when you face, you know, uh, Oklahoma, you know, the head coaches and the assistant coaches and everything else when you go to these, uh, you know, Big 12 conferences and everything? I mean, wow, that that has got to be you, – you must have to just – I mean, you take a shower every day, but you, you must want to have to take like three showers every day if you're a recruiter. You, you really must. There must be just no morals whatsoever. It is just fair. Again, until he is actually enrolled, when I see him in a Texas uniform or a Texas classroom, otherwise it is full steam ahead. Just a All right, the bagels of that meets on a Friday morning, 53 past the hour. Speaking of college football, how about some college football trends? Top five college football trends that are next. 
BetOnline.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. On this uh, Friday morning, time to take out your pad and pencils. All right, here we go. We do this every Friday. I give you five uh, of the best college football trends on the board for tomorrow's games. Uh, next hour, we'll do the NFL. Same thing, five. Here are the top five college football trends for this weekend. We'll start with some small games. How about Texas San Antonio at Florida Atlantic? No big deal, you say? Well, you know what? It's about trends, not necessarily about the schools. How about the Florida Atlantic? Only 15-26-1 against the spread. It's home favorites. Plus, Texas San Antonio as the road dog, 7-0 against the spread as road underdogs. So you got the strong underdog roles for uh, San Antonio, and you got the bad Florida Atlantic uh, favorite roles. So a uh, nice little combo there. Texas San Antonio getting 4.5 Saturday. Texas Tech getting 14.5 versus Oklahoma. You know the Sooners, as good as they've been over the years, one in 10 against the spread as double digit road favorites. So they have a long history, well, relatively short anyway, uh, history of not covering these monster road spreads. Uh, one in 10. North Carolina laying six at Virginia. Uh, in the series, Virginia 15 and five straight up, 14 and six against the spread their last 20 games. So they basically own North Carolina plus. North Carolina, 5-14-2 against the spread as favorites after playing rival North Carolina State. So they've shown that uh, they, they love that NC uh, State game so much that uh, it, it's tough for them to come back down to earth and get refocused the next week. So you couple that with Virginia, pretty solid Virginia trend. They are getting six at all. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette laying 16.5 at uh, Texas State. In the series, Louisiana Lafayette has just buried Texas State 7-0 straight up and against the spread, winning by an average of 22 points in those seven games. And then finally, uh, Alabama laying 30-and-a-half against Mississippi State. I know Mississippi State is just a wreck right now, but Mike Leach is 7-0 in his coaching career as a 24-point underdog for four. So there you go. Top five college football SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 